Welcome to Healthcare Tips with Ambiance, where we give you simple tips and tools to help you navigate your health journey. I'm your host, Regine Josie, family nurse practitioner and the founder of Ambiance Primary Care in Silver Spring, Maryland, where our focus is healthcare made simple. And today we're taking a look at chronic pain and some of the ways that we can manage it. Pain is a thing, so let's talk about it. There can be many reasons why people experience pain, chronic pain, acute pain, any type of pain. And these issues can make for a very significantly debilitating way of life. And to discuss this issue further, we have the honor of being joined by Dr. Burns. She's an anesthesiologist, pain medicine physician, and the co-founder of Cultured Therapeutics. Dr. Burns, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Regine, for having me. I'm very excited to be here and chat with you as well as your guests about chronic pain. Awesome. So pain, it's a thing. Oh, my goodness. Like, please tell us a little more about your specialty and what you focus on with your parent uh, patients rather in your practice. Of course. Well, I just want to start out by saying it is absolutely a thing. It is the number one reason that people will present to the doctor or their healthcare provider looking for answers to why they're having pain. Now, my specialty is in chronic pain management. So we focus on patients who have had pain in a particular part of their body or sometimes their whole body for more than three months. When it's persistent for more than three months, we call it chronic pain. In my clinic right now, I primarily focus on adolescents and young adults, but I am trained in adult and pediatric pain management. And I do want to get into the sort of different schools of thought about how pain is treated, but we take a very holistic model in the pediatric um, realm to look at all of the aspects that may be affecting uh, a person's life, including their ability to go to school, their ability to function within their family, and of course, their ability to do the things that they want to do, whether it be uh, play sports or get into different social activities. Now, there are a variety of reasons, right, that are encompassing pain, but I think it would be helpful to first maybe understand the differences between, you know, how acute and chronic pain works. Like, do you mind speaking to that a little bit? Yes, I love talking about and we, we call it pain education. So I love doing pain education because a, a lot of people don't know, including, unfortunately, physicians and different healthcare providers, because we just don't really get that information and that education in medical school and residency. So wow. acute pain is the pain that most people think of when you have a toothache, if you stub your toe, if you accidentally slam your finger in the door, or, you know, God forbid something worse, like you get a broken bone because you have a car accident, something to that effect. Right, now, right. That, that pain signifies tissue damage because there, there is something wrong inside of the tissue and we have the appropriate signals going from the peripheral nerves from, let's say, if you stub your toe all the way up into the spinal cord, from the spinal cord into the brain, and then going mm -hmm. to the different areas of the brain that are responsible for the perception of pain. But okay. acute pain goes away very quickly, depending, of course, on the mechanism of the injury. Okay. 
you might, you know, touch the touch the stove or, you know, sip too hot of a coffee and you burn your tongue, that goes away in no more than a day. And the reason that that, that acute pain goes away is because we have what is called descending modulation, basically a top-down phenomenon from the brain to the peripheral nerves that say, okay, we're good now. The, the tissue damage is not ongoing. We are in the healing process. You can go ahead and stop sending the pain signals. And so the pain right. goes away. With chronic yeah. pain, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. oh, I'm so sorry. Now I was going to say, like you had touched on, you know, being able to see the adolescent or uh, pediatric population, which you don't too much see that when it comes to pain management, right? Or you don't really think about, you know, children or that age range really having to experience chronic illness like that or chronic pain rather, right? Um, yeah, so it's it's really nice to kind of um, see that there's someone who's focusing on that uh, population specifically. Um, can you maybe discuss how, you know, your method of chronic pain management, um, either for that that population or even for an older um, generation, you know, if, if in your experience, can you kind of like, uh, like, how does that make a difference in someone who's tried other options? Yeah, that's a great question. So much more so in the pediatric realm than in the adult realm, but thankfully not ubiquitously at all. But in the pediatric realm, we tend more to focus on the biopsychosocial model of chronic pain, meaning that the pain touches every aspect of the person's life. It's not just what's going on in the body. It's not just the bio. We tend to have a much more biocentric view of pain and its management on the adult side of, of chronic pain. So in pain management, you're more likely to go to the doctor for adults and either receive medication or be offered an injection or some sort of a nerve block type of procedure to treat the pain specifically going on in the body. But what we know in terms of pain research is that there is a, a very large psychiatric component to pain. Anybody who's had any pain of any sort knows that it is an unpleasant experience that brings on negative thoughts and emotions right. as well, Absolutely. right? Yeah. And when it's chronic, that's even worse. And so you have to address the psychiatric component of the pain, how the pain is bringing you down. If you have comorbid um, depression or anxiety, that is synergistically going to negatively make the, the pain worse. I like to say that they kind of eat and play on each other such that when, you, when you're having bad pain, it makes your anxiety and depression worse and your anxiety yeah. and depression can make your pain worse. So we have to address that. We also have to address the social aspects of pain. The fact that you're not living the life that you want to live. You're not mm -hmm. able to go out and experience, uh, you know, birthdays and different parties because you're too worried that the pain is going to inhibit you in some yeah. manner. It doesn't, it makes for difficult relationships because again, pain makes you irritable. It brings you down. And so how does that negatively affect the social aspects of you inside of your family, you inside of your intimate relationships and you inside of your social circles? We right. need to look at all of that and figure out how best to address how the pain is affecting your life and not just go after the pain inside your body because that isn't effective. That's definitely a holistic approach when it comes to managing pain. Like for 
you know, you are co-founder of Culture Therapeutics, right? Yeah. And can you maybe talk to us about um, just the types of pain that, you know, you treat and kind of like the average time frame, like one might begin to experience relief with your method? Yes. So Culture Therapeutics is a joint venture between myself and my partner, Dr. Danielle Doyle. We are right here in the DMV and we are focusing on ketamine infusions and ketamine therapy for treatment resistant depression and chronic pain. Mm -hmm. Specifically, we are focused on uh, people who have tried lots of different things for their depression, a number of different medications, and just really haven't found the relief that they're looking for. They may be a good fit for our cultured ketamine experience. In terms of the chronic pain, we're looking for people who may be suffering from neuropathic pain, including fibromyalgia, maybe even some cancer pain, things of that nature, um, autoimmune disease, migraines. Um, they may be candidates for it. Um, we're going to be screening people to see if it's a good fit because ketamine therapy is not for everyone. It's Certainly, <laughs> no, no. If you're, if you're newly diagnosed with with depression, you have a number of first and second line therapies that you can and should try before you come and talk to us to see if ketamine might be a good fit for you. It's just the way that we do it, decent and in order. Right. Um, but what we what we very much are looking to do is break away from the traditional stale models of pain and uh, mental health care yes. that blames sort of the victim and doesn't take the full person into consideration. We want to honor the differences and the the uniqueness that each patient brings and make sure we are we are addressing them as the full humans that they are. Right. Like, this is amazing because how many times do you have patients kind of going back and forth from this provider to the, the next provider? And then, you know, you have all these polypharmaceutical issues. That's a whole nother thing, right? Absolutely. Um, but to have like a resource is amazing that can kind of pinpoint here. This is what the issue is. This is where this pain has come from. Here's how you can manage and, you know, develop a much better uh, quality of life, right? Yeah, which is what everybody wants. Like, so right. we never say, come to us and your pain is going to go away 100%. We can cure right. the pain. Anybody who says that, run the other way. Yeah. Know <laughs> that, that is not how chronic pain management works. But what we also know is that ketamine is just one way. Mm -hmm within a, a sphere of what I like to call the healing circle or how we use all of the different modalities that are best suited for you as a patient to work to help you have that good quality of life and let you do the things that you really want to do. Even though the pain might still be there, it's not in the front seat driving and dictating your life. That's a beautiful a way, way to make that clear. Seriously. Um, it makes a difference. In terms of some of the practical tips and tools that uh, patients that uh, would be candidates, right, mm -hmm. for your uh, practice and your method of, of doing pain medicine, right? Um, what can they do to kind of incorporate within the home or on the job or on the day-to-day -day basis, right? What are kind of, kind of some practical day-to-day -day activities, examples that you can kind of give? Yeah. So one of the first ones is one that I think people dismiss pretty quickly, but deep breathing is mm. so readily available. It's free mm. and it is physi physiologically shown to decrease the, the 
Mm. Let me let me start that one again. So, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. sorry about that. You're fine. So, one that people kind of overlook that is quite simple is deep breathing. It yeah. is a physiologic way of calming the nervous system. Right. By taking a deep breath, we engage the diaphragm and the vagus nerve to just tell the body, hey, Calm everything down. is okay. Yeah, yes. just, just yes. relax. We're, we're good. And you just take like three, four, five deep breaths, and it just really brings a calming sensation over the whole body. And that's available anytime, anywhere, no real training necessary. Dr. Burns, I have to be honest with you. There are some people who would be like, deep breathe, what? Oh my goodness. You know, because they're dealing with this, but it's, I think there is a level of, you know, a mindset that kind of has to be attributed to this whole deep breathing method of pain management as well. While it is free, many people don't too much know how to use that. Do you all teach your patients this yeah. method. So, mm-hmm. so in my clinic, and and you're absolutely right. It mm-hmm. is some people look at me sometimes. They're like, take a deep breath. Like that. I came in here for that. I waited this long <laughs> for you to tell me to take a deep breath. Right. <laughs> but in the moment, uh, and especially if during the visit, I see people getting more activated, just mm-hmm. getting sort you know revved up. I'll be like, let's let's take a few deep breaths together, and mm-hmm. I'll just you know demonstrate a deep breath and say, join me. And if, if it's not deep, right, because usually it's not that deep of a breath, they're like, <sighs> okay, right. I did a breath. And I'm like, let's, let's take <laughs> That's deep. Yes. Yeah. So then we'll count, right? And we'll do, let's, let's inhale for four. One, right. two, three, four. And then exhale for four. One, two, three, four. And then I'll get into it. If I have a little time, I'll get into it. I'll have them put their hand on their chest, their hand on their belly, and feel each one move and kind of direct them. Okay, Mm -hmm. blow the air into the chest. Now blow the air into the belly. Let the belly fill up big and round like a Buddha, that sort of thing. Just nice and slow, nice and soothing, just to give them a little taste of sort of the meditative experience that breathing can be. A lot of people take breathing for granted. But but that's just one very simple one that I like to give. Another thing that's important, and this is kind of uh, counterintuitive because it hurts to move, but Mm -hmm. movement is a vital part of managing pain. Mm. When you're in severe pain, you, you feel like I can't do anything. But when you get that little window, and especially if you have chronic pain, a little bit of movement goes a long way. A walk around the block consistently, some gentle stretching. The body is meant and made to move. The muscles get tight. They get contracted if you don't move for, for a long time. And that in and of itself can cause pain. You know, it's essential to have pain management um, and just the support that it can provide. I think it's really just knowing what your resources are. Can you maybe share how patients can find you and your services? Yes, absolutely. So Cultured Therapeutics, you can find us on all of the social medias with that handle, Cultured Therapeutics. You can also find us at our website. That's probably the best and most secure way to find us. And that's just culturedtherapeutics.com. Awesome. Dr. Burns, thank you again for joining us on this episode of Healthcare Tips with Ambiance. It was such a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for allowing me to chat with you about this topic that is so near and dear to my heart. Absolutely. Hey, listen, to all of our listeners, thank you for joining us. It's real advice from real healthcare providers and it's healthcare made simple. 
Like, share, follow, and subscribe through our Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all the things at Ambiance Primary Care. I'm your host, Raging Josie, family nurse practitioner and the founder of Ambiance Primary Care in Silver Spring, Maryland. Join us on our next episode of Healthcare Tips with Ambiance. Until then, be kind to everyone for no reason. Thank you.